0: Fantastic. Hope you're all doing well. Everybody doing, doing good, feeling happy. Good. That is fantastic. I believe God wants to move some mountains tonight, and it might be something kind of different. Oftentimes when we think about a mountain, we think maybe of a closed door or a, a faith goal that somehow is getting blocked. I wanna, I wanna. Um, you know what I like about Sunday nights? Sunday nights is no. You know, there's no cameras on, there's no YouTube, you know, you can, you can take out a message that hasn't had a test run yet and you can sort of just feed it to the, to the Sunday night crew and, and, and also, you know, you can say things that you wouldn't normally say if it's also going to go onto Channel 200, you know? So uh, I was misbehaving myself a little bit this, this morning, but, um, you know, we normally, we normally try to be a bit gooder than that. Um <laughs> So Matthew, uh, sorry, Mark chapter eleven got an interesting, interesting passage in Mark chapter eleven. Hello, Emma, from Carpety, is that right? I saw a picture of you in worship, and what I saw of you was I saw you. Uh, you know, there's a rising tide at the moment yeah. in terms of the the the, the, the coming up on, on all the gifts, and there's obviously a prophetic uh, thing on you, and it's red. Really, there, there's a rising tide coming up for you. And you'll be recognizing that. But what I saw was your times on your own is the most potent. Just you and Jesus. And what I saw when you were worshiping was like, it was like one of those, um, you know, those rocket packs. But it was more, it just had a, it was like, you know, you have those jet packs. But this was more like a rocket pack. And you just went, you know. Um, and it, but the key was, it's potent when it's just you and Jesus. You know, just you and Jesus. Can we st- stretch our hand and say, Lord, we thank you. Increase the potency. Thank you for that prophetic uh, anointing that's just increasing and increasing. We thank you that you're taking her into heavenly realms as she connects with Jesus. And the, the potency of that one-on-one is just awesome. And God, we thank you for that. Hallelujah. Okay, Mark chapter 11 and... Um, <clears throat> Is um, interesting. uh, Interesting passage. This, and so we'll we'll read it out. Mark chapter eleven, verse twelve through uh, fourteen. It says this. It says, "Now the next day, when they had come out from from Bethany, he Jesus was hungry, and seeing from afar a fig tree having some leaves, he went to see if perhaps." he could find something on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. Everybody say, it was not the season. season. Okay, it was not the season for figs. So in response, Jesus said to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples said, heard it. And if we we sort of shoot forward um, down uh, to verse 20, we have a little, the story kind of has a part two. And and it says this, now in the morning, the next morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to Jesus, Rabbi, look. The fig tree which you cursed has withered. And then Jesus answered and said to him, Have faith in God, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things that he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Interesting, interesting passage, interesting thing that happened there with the life of Jesus. And, um, you know, I, I was reading in a commentary some time back about this passage. And they said, Jesus was being unfair on the fig tree. <laughs> 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 because it wasn't time for figs. Okay, so here's the story. The story is that Jesus is there and he's, and he's hungry. And he looks at a great distance and he sees a fig tree out in the distance. And so he heads towards the tree expecting to get a feed. But how many of you know, the Bible tells us, it's not the season for figs. It wasn't fruit season yet, right? How many of you know that fruit trees have got a season? They've got a season where they bear fruit and there's other times they don't. Everybody know that? So maybe Jesus spent too much time in the carpenter's shop and didn't realize. How many of you know, he's not that dumb, right? Okay, so it's not that. It's not that he just doesn't understand how fruit trees work. You know What? It's not 24-7, 12 12 months of the year. It's not that. Jesus is looking at a tree. Now, if you think about it, you're one of the disciples. You're traveling around with Jesus. How many you know everything supernatural is just totally natural with Jesus, right? And and so, for instance, you know, uh, Simon Peter, when he encounters Jesus, he's been fishing all night, and he says, there's no fish. And Jesus says, hey, let's push out into the deep. And Simon Peter is saying, there's no fish, right? But he says, let's push out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And instantly, his nets are absolutely full. So how many know that 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 was a supernatural catch, right? In the natural, there was no fish. But uh, Jesus, um, uh, he he said, come on, let's go out again. And there was supernatural. Later on, after his resurrection, again, he's on the beach. He's looking out. And there's the disciples. They've been fishing all night. Still, they caught nothing. He calls out from from the beach hey, have you caught anything they said nothing and then once again the supernatural uh you know uh, working of of Jesus he said hey put your nets on the other side of the boat and you'll catch some and they put the nets on the other it's not really going to make a big difference right <laughs> there is nothing on this side but put them on the other side and you're going to catch something but they had the the, you know, the, the smartness to try that. And they, they, they pulled out the nets, they put it on the other side and bang, it gets full of fish. All right. So you understand the context is that Jesus has an expectation of a supernatural. So here he is, he's walking towards a fig tree. It's not the season for it. And if you were to allow me to just kind of play on things, it wouldn't have been that surprising to me, to the disciples, to the scriptures. You've heard about the supernatural catch of fish, it wouldn't have been that surprising to say that he walked over to this fig tree, and it wasn't the season for figs, but it was laden with figs. I mean, it wouldn't have blown your mind if that was actually what the story was, that he walks across to the fig tree, it's not in season, but there it is, an abundance of figs, and all him and his the disciples, they all had a great fig feed, all right? <laughs> That could have been the story. How I many of you know, like, you know, okay, you're not expecting the fish. Bang, there's the fish, you know. Throw your net on the other side. Bang, there's the fish. You know, you know, there's, oh Lord, there's, there's not enough food for the crowds. And, uh, you know, and he says, come on, let's just multiply it. Bang, there's all of this, you know. So, how I many know, he just walks in the supernatural. But here, so the story wouldn't have been that much different if the, if the gospel actually said that he walked across and there was this abundance of figs, right? But that wasn't the story. The story was he went over to the fig tree and there wasn't any figs. And he's searching under all the leaves and there's not a fig on the tree. Everybody say, not a fig. fig. So the Bible tells us it was not the season for figs. And uh, bad theology has interpreted this and said, when then we see that Jesus goes and speaks to the fig tree and said, let no one eat fruit from you again. Some theologians have said that was a curse against the people of Israel. Have you heard that? That that said that no one's going to eat fruit from the people of Israel, that the people of Israel were the, the, the fig tree, and that's why God has abandoned the people of Israel and he's got the church now. There is actually theology called replacement theology that would say that is what that whole thing was all about. Has anybody heard that? But we don't believe that. We believe that God is faithful to His promises to the people of Israel, amen? And even though they haven't been faithful or maybe recognized Him that He is still faithful and, uh, and he, is, he is going to be faithful as He restores them. And so that's not what that means. So why is it that the Bible tells us this and it's recorded in several Gospels that this, this occurs? And I want to tell you this. Here's what I believe. I believe that we need to deal with with the times that we have an expectation for a supernatural fruit that doesn't happen. You know there, there, you know, there are times that we get prophecies or whatever, and it's not that they're false prophecies, they're just mistaken prophecies, or, you know, we, we kind of get it wrong. How many you know nobody's got a 100% strike rate except Jesus, right? And, and Ross, and Jesus and Ross, and, you know, but, you know, the, uh, you know no one's got a 100% strike rate. But that's cool. That's all right. So that's you know we we sometimes get it wrong, right? You're looking at me like really. (laughs) It's like we sometimes get it wrong. That's why we say to you when we when people come who're going to prophesy, we say, look, you're going to have to, you know, you weigh the you weigh a prophecy, right? And uh, you don't just gobble it all down. But there's there's mistaken prophecy. But then there are times that you have a Holy Spirit expectation. You're in a Spirit-led activity with an expectation for supernatural fruit. And this was his thing. It wasn't wasn't the season for figs, but he had an expectation that even though it wasn't the season, it was going to be supernatural fruit, okay? Supernatural fruit. But when he got there, there was no supernatural fruit. I want to tell you that in your life, there may be times where you are in a Spirit-led activity, with your eyes set with an expectation for spirit, supernatural fruit. And for some reason, you get there and there is no fruit. And you want to know that is actually an incredibly disorienting experience. If you have a genuine sense that God has been calling you into something, leading you into something, and when you get there, there is no fruit. And, and I actually think that we need to be able to deal with seasons where there is no fruit, deal with it right, because I want to show you something. I want to show you that, that I believe that sometimes we get blocked in our future because of a season that didn't have fruit. And so when they do something else and the verse jumps back in again, we find out they come back to this tree. And when they come back to the tree, the disciples go, man, look at this. The tree has now dried up. And then so Jesus doesn't talk about the children of Israel. He doesn't talk about, you know what he talks about? He talks about faith. Right. And so he actually comes and instead of, talk, he, he says this, he says, he says, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, whoever says to this mountain, be moved and cast into the sea, does not doubt in his heart. He, he referred to a mountain. We're talking about a tree. I gonna tell you this, that I believe that sometimes there can be a season where there isn't the fruit that you expect. And if you don't deal with it right, it can be a mountain blocking your future. And you know what Jesus did do? He said, he, he spoke to that fruitless tree. Now, he, here's the thing. He's not cursing a person, okay? I'm not call, telling you to go out there and start cursing people. But he spoke into, here's what I believe. It says there that the tree was dried up from the roots. That if you have a fruitless season where you are expecting supernatural fruit, you've got to deal with it right, because it can block you. It can become like a mountain on the inside of you, but God talks about faith that can move a mountain. A fruitless. so Jesus comes along and He speaks and says, let no one eat fruit from you again, and that thing begins to dry up. In other words, He cursed the root that robbed the fruit. He cursed the root that robbed the fruit. There was supposed to be fruit there, but there wasn't any. He cursed the root that robbed the fruit. I want to tell you, there are, there, are, there are people in New Zealand and in the church and in this room that have been finding that fruit has been robbed. And I believe that we can curse the root that has robbed the fruit. And that's like shifting It's it's like shifting a mountain. I' Talking about um, a fruitless season. So I know of of a youth pastor. He had a sense of call and expectation. And after about two years, he ran into a brick wall. Things blew up. And he kind of had to step out as a youth pastor. Ended up moving into a different island in New Zealand. Went down south. And to this day has not reconnected with the church. Now, here's, here's what I think is that I've seen this over and over again. Someone hits a season where they had an expectation of supernatural fruit, and then when that didn't happen, it was like it was like a a mountain that blocked their future. So we should never underestimate the destructive power of a fruitless season. God is actually calling us to be people that produce fruit. See, sometimes behind a time where maybe you have an expectation of fruit, sometimes behind that, there can be a demon. Or there can be a controlling personality, or there can be a theology, or there can be an error. And unless you can curse the root of, that stole the fruit, that thing can keep stealing again and again. How many know the Bible says in Joel, it says, I will repay you for the years that the locusts have eaten or the locusts have have stolen. And, uh, and, And God is actually wanting in this season to begin causing us to be able to reclaim fruit that has been stolen. Does that make sense to you? And so there's two keys in being able to reclaim the fruit and and, and be able to curse the root that steals the fruit. So the first is that if you find that you have hit a season, you may think through in your life, there could be a a painful time. There could be uh, a ministry expectation. There could be something that God has called you into that that maybe didn't go the way that you were expecting it to go. I think that we can say, Lord, I don't know what happened there. But Lord, I'm asking that you would poison whatever was poisoning the tree. So say, Lord, it's a mystery. I'm not sure why it is. I don't know why it was. See, Jesus was, was walking up. He was, had an expectation that there was going to be figs on that tree, but there wasn't. And so rather than Allowing that thing to continue to grow and and blossom, he actually said, "May no one eat from you again." He he dealt with that expectation that didn't happen. And uh, you know, and uh, there's two sort of ways that you can do it. You know, one is there's two steps I, I would say. One is Jesus talked about letting your shalom or your blessing come back to you in in Luke 10 when Jesus was sending his disciples out. He said, hey, go on your way. Luke 10 verse 3 said, go on your way. Behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. And then he says, whatever house you enter into, bless the house and say shalom or peace to this house. And then he goes on to say this. If a son of peace is there, let your peace rest on the house. If not, it will return to you or Cause it to return to you or, or bring it back to yourself. You know what he's saying is to the disciples. He's saying, okay, when you go to someone's house, bless it with your blessing. But if a person who doesn't have peace is in that house, when you leave, say, hey, blessing, come back upon my life. He says, if, 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 a, if a son of peace is not there, he said, let your shalom, let your blessing, let it come back upon you. And... Um, you know, there's, there can be times when we may run into a situation and we want to ask God, Lord, we want to, we, we don't want to continue to lose our peace because somebody else is not a person of peace. Does that make sense to you? We want to receive it back to us. That we can have a situation where you'd have your best intention. You want to bless them. And maybe the person is not a person of peace. So you say, Lord, I just received back my blessing. I received back my peace back into back into my life. I think that there's a, a powerful key in that. You know, there was, um, there was a time when we were um, in Auckland in a church, and we've sort of mentioned this a little bit uh, in the past, but where we hit a roadblock in our ministry. So all of a sudden, we lost our opportunity to be in that church. We were associate pastors there. And sort of an involved story, but what, what happened in the end was that we, we weren't allowed to go to the church again. So we couldn't say goodbye to people, didn't get a blessing, weren't able to be sent out. There was a whole big drama. Now I can talk about this because I'm fine with everybody in the story, all right? Fine as in had coffees, you know, kissed, made up, all that sort of stuff. So I, I can tell you the story as a way of teaching, not as a way of, of giving myself therapy. And, um, <laughs> and, and so, you know, and so... So, in this, in this situation, there we were, and now we're not allowed to go to church, we're not allowed to go there. So, in the, in the church, uh, about a couple of months later, so we hadn't been back into the building. A couple of months later, he, I love how God likes to do these sorts of things. Um, Benny Hinn comes to town. And Benny Hinn has got a, what they call a partners uh, convention, and he hires the building that was where our church was. So it wasn't that he was coming to church, but he hired the building. So it was our first time going back into the building after we were fired. Okay, so, you know, you kind of have that sort of, ooh, are we allowed in here? Yes, we are, because this isn't church. And, and so, you know, you're still walking in, and you're in the car park, and you come in the building, and, of course, you got, you know, they're getting ready for Benny Hinn's, you know, uh, convention, and it's in the evening and all that. So we're in our seats, me and Jody. And, uh, and you know, if, if you know Benny, he has some particular quirks, and one of them is... He doesn't like any empty seats on the front row. Okay, so before he comes in, he likes his, his staff to make sure there's no empty seats on the front row. And he likes people of faith on the front row. Okay, so he doesn't want like a bunch of unbelievers on the front row. He wants, wants faith bouncing back to him. And so this is just how he is. So he's very strict on that. So there was a, there was a couple of seats that were empty on the front row, his partners or pastors or whatever. And um, so a couple of his staff heard that we... Uh, were in the building that we were pastors, came across and said, oh, you know, you pastors, and we'd like, to, um, we'd like to ask you to come forward from where we were, come forward. And so we said, okay, sure. They didn't really give us a choice. They said, oh, excuse me, uh, could, could you follow us? <laughs> Am I in trouble? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, there's the exit. No, no. Um, so, so, so they call us forward, and, and they bring us to, there's only two seats left, in the whole front row. And those two seats were our two seats. Now, now, when you say, what do you mean by your two seats? You know what I'm talking about. Because you have your seat, don't you? You have your seat. You know where you sit most of the time. And so there was two seats that we always sat in the front row for four years. And those were the two seats that were available for us to sit in. And so we get sat on the front row in our seats on the front row, in us. And, uh, and so we're having a great, glorious you know, evening and worship and all that. And, and three times in that night, Benny would keep pulling us two out and blessing us and then doing the whole, get them up again, you know, catch him, <laughs> Just leave me down. Get him up again. <laughs> and uh, three times he'd pull us out. We're like, what is that, Lord? It's just receiving your blessing back, right? Just receiving your blessing back. You know, sitting back in your seats and getting blessed out of that which you were in. How you know God is a supernatural God, and He says, "Look, if a person of peace is not there, you can receive your blessing back onto you. Don't go through with a lack, but be blessed. Don't go through with a lack." I want to tell you that there are times that people will step out in faith, try to bless someone or a family member. And maybe a person of peace is not there and something gets stolen from you. But I said, don't be robbed from that, which is your inheritance. But you say, God, I want to receive it back into my life. I want to receive it back into my life. I was in a chemist shop and, um, and I saw a young guy in a wheelchair. And um, I said, like, oh, I feel like I should offer to pray for him. So I, I said to him, oh, excuse me, mate, would you mind if I prayed for you? Well, man, his mom heard that, and she exploded on me, and she started screaming at me and saying, there's nothing wrong with my kid and what you're trying to say about him, and I tell you, it shook me, you know, <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry, I just wanted to pray for him, and uh, that's okay, all right, you know, and, and that, that shook me, why is that? Because I'm trying to bring a blessing, but a person of peace is not there to receive it, and I want to tell you, that shook me for a while. Maybe I don't want to pray for, I don't want to step out until I say, Lord, something got taken away. But Lord, I'm asking that my peace would come back to me, that my assurance would come back to me. I went to bring a blessing, but instead I got a curse. Lord, let my blessing come. Does that make sense to you? There are so many of us that will do that, will say, hey, we want to bring a blessing. And then somehow that peace is not there. A man of peace is not there. And Jesus said to his disciples, hey, if a man of peace is not there, let your shalom let your blessing let your peace come back on you now you're not cursing that person you're just saying hey boomerang come back <laughs> something got lost and i'm asking it to come back that we can always walk with that with that mantle you know walk with that thing you know i think i think you, you look at the life of jesus and he was always able to walk around with peace joy even when people were saying that he was Beelzebub, prince of demons. Imagine what they would say about Jesus on social media. I mean, there would be whole channels, right? There would be whole channels. You know, talking about how he's got to be Beelzebub. And, uh, you know, there, there was people saying that he's a heretic and breaking the Sabbath and all that sort of stuff. And he's just Shandai. Oh, yeah, you know, just uh, just full of joy full of peace, every now and then calling those people snakes. But most of the time, just, you know, just you know, flowing in there. And, and, uh, and there sometimes be times in our life where you have an expectation of supernatural fruit. That's something that couldn't naturally happen, but I'm sure this is a God thing. And you get to the end of all of that and it becomes a dead end and there is no supernatural fruit. And I want to tell you, it can shake you to the core. It can steal something out of who you are. And I believe that it can become like a mountain that can stop you or try to inhibit you. And so often we talk about mountains and I do all the time. Hey, it's a gift that has to open or it's a door that has to open or it's something that, you know, in the natural that needs to shift. But I want to tell you that Jesus, when he came to this, he said, let's just curse the root that stole the fruit. There may be seasons in your life where fruit that was supposed to be there for some reason didn't show up. And you go, well, I, I can't figure it out. That's all right; You don't always need to figure it out, but what you can say is, God, whatever was behind stealing that fruit, I curse it from my life. Not cursing people, but if, the, if it's a devil, if it's a mindset, if it's a theology, if it's a sin, whatever it is in my life that stole the fruit from an appointed season, a season where you said, son, I want you to step into this. And, and as you step into it, you're expecting something supernatural that it couldn't just be there in the natural. You're expecting supernatural something and it doesn't happen. And you say, God, I don't know what that was. But I don't want that thing following my life. Come on, anybody here? I do not want to have that thing following my life. I want to curse that thing so that in 24 hours it begins to die and I move on to another fruitful season. Come on. There may be fruitful seasons that God has appointed to you and you don't want to allow a fruitless season to rob you of the next fruitful season because something went wrong. Something was poisoning that tree. And sometimes it's just a mystery. And if you don't go, okay, Lord, it's a mystery. But I asked that we could poison whatever it was so we can step into the next season. He said, the reason the last season might not have been fruitful, it could have been in you. Say, Lord, if there was something in me, kill it. <laughs> yeah. If there was something in the demonic, Curse it. We don't want to have that thing following us around. I tell you, we we never want to underestimate the destructive power of what a fruitless season can actually do to your faith. A very good friend of mine was an elder in a church in Auckland. And one day the pastor got up and said, we're closing the church. It took him by surprise. He was an elder, didn't know it was happening. Or maybe he found out a couple of days earlier and then they stood up and they closed the church. You know what? I've sat down with him. I've had coffees with him. It was like a a knockout blow that he didn't see coming. He said, man, I was giving to the church. I was praying for the church. We had prophetic words about the church. We, We were investing our life into that church. And it just hit the wall. What do I do with those prophetic words? What do I do with all that stuff? I I mean, I was giving money and I was receiving. I was believing God for everything. And I want to tell you that it's like 10 years later. And he still can't go into a church. He believes in Jesus. He loves God, but he got a KO blow. It was a fig tree. That he thought was going to produce fruit. And it didn't. And Jesus was showing the disciples. Just curse it and move on, man. <laughs> just say, I'm not going to let that thing keep following and taking up space and taking up oxygen in my garden. So may no one eat fruit from you again. Not cursing people. Just talking about the whatever it is. Just saying that. Nah. And then Lord. Now here's the, here's the thing. As I think about this, I realize that when the disciples came back to talk to Jesus about it, as I mentioned before, He said, He didn't talk about a tree anymore. He talked about a mountain. Because a mountain is hard to shift. Really what He's saying is, man, you have one of those demonic or non-kingdom seasons. It It can follow you through your life. But you say, Lord, nah, I'm not going to let that one rob me. Lord, we curse the root. Whatever is the root, that's where it started drying up. After Jesus said, let no one eat fruit from you again, it started drying up from the root is what the disciples said. Hey, it's dried up from the root. In other words, there was something poisonous in the bottom. Does that make sense to you? Curse the root that steals the fruit. I look around New Zealand, look around our city. There's been some shakings. There's been some, there's been some churches that have hit some grenades, had some things blow up. And of course, we've been praying and believing God because we want to be a kingdom church, amen. And there's many people who's thinking, we were expecting a revival church. We weren't expecting the mess that happened last year. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And I tell you, for many people, I pray. I pray for uh, you know people in the churches in our city on a regular basis and say, Lord, let them not be lost into the world because they were. Giving and sowing and praying and believing and excited and committed. And then there was suddenly, bang, something happened and there's no fruit. I'll tell you, that can take people out for a lifetime. Instead of saying, Lord, whatever it was, whatever was behind it, whether it was demonic set up, whether it was mistakes of human beings, Lord, curse the fruit. Sorry, it's cursed the root that steals the fruit. And now, Lord, let me walk into my next season with faith and expectation for what you want to do. And you see what what Jesus says. He says, it's like a mountain. He says, it can stop you. But you've got to say, mountain, get out of the way. Get out of the way. He says, if anybody has faith the size of a muscle, he could speak to this mountain and say, be moved and cast into the sea. Hallelujah. We receive our peace back to us. And we say, Lord, we want to, we ask that you would curse whatever root has robbed the fruit. Joel 2.25. And then we want to, if you can relate to any of this, we want to pray for you. And it says this, So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. It says, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust. My great army which I sent among you. So, so there it's talking about, it says, I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten. Anyone seen locust storms? You know, they have these, I mean, locust swarms. They, they, they come through an area and they just decimate everything. They eat all the, the, you know, all the crops. They eat all the trees, all the leaves, everything. They just come through. And, and so here's the Lord's, the picture is this. I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten. I tell you, my, my belief is, my determined faith belief for New Zealand is to say, Lord, restore the last two years back to the church again restore the last two years back to the church again. Because, you know, for many people, they've been on pause for two years. Some people, they've been on decline for the two years. But I just say, Lord God, Lord, restore to the New Zealand church what has been stolen from the last two years. The fruit that has been stolen. Restore what the locusts have eaten. And there's three types of locusts. There's, it says the consuming locust. Those are the ones that hit you hard and bang, they just consume everything else. And then, and then it says the crawling locust. That's the one you don't always notice. Just slowly making its way. And then it's the chewing locust. You know, just Just chew away. At the edges. Look at your neighbor and go. <laughs> So if we're believing that for New Zealand, my question to you is this. What do you need to have restored back to you? What is it that God, if He's wanting to do that for the church nationally, what is He wanting to do in you? What got chewed away? What got consumed? Has anything been robbed from you? Who you are on the inside. What you're supposed to carry. Has something chewed away and robbed you? But God's promise to the people of Israel here in Joel was I'm going to repay you for the years that the locust has been chewing and chomping and crawling and swarming and consuming in your nation. I'm going to repay you. I'm going to bless you. So my prayer is this, and my expectation, Lord, in 2023, we want to have the blessing of 2023, and the blessing of 2022, and the blessing of 2021. We want to have a triple portion, not just for us and our lives and our church, but Lord, for our nation and for our city. We want to see a triple portion coming through. Lord, we want to see a great awakening in our land, but say, Lord God, everything that was supposed to happen in 21, everything that was supposed to happen in 22, everything that is supposed to happen in 23, God, we ask that you would repay us for everything that the church has, has supposed to walk into. If something robbed the fruit, let's let it be a mountain. It could be a mountain in front of our nation. Church history could look back at the last few years. And I look across at the church landscape. And there are a lot of places where people are saying, we've been decimated or we've been disrupted or we've declined. And church history could look at this season and, and secular humanists would hope that they'd be able to look at this season and say, after this, the church never fully recovered to where it was and declined after this particular season. But how many you know that we believe for a good report? Yes. Yes, and our report is that after this season, the church got stirred up, got awakened, got passionate, got committed and said, Lord, we refuse to allow, we refuse to allow our fruit to be stolen. But instead we are rising up and we are stepping into what God has got for us. And we refuse to have that. And we say, God, repay us for everything that the, that the enemy has stolen. Why don't you, why don't you stand on your feet? We're going to call the We're going to call the band and we're going to ask for the Holy Spirit to do something in people's lives tonight. (laughs) We're going to ask the Holy Spirit to do something in people's lives tonight. And so Holy Spirit, we, we just welcome you. And Lord, we thank you that the transaction in the Spirit was a less than 24-hour change. Jesus spoke the Word, and by the next day, that thing was drying up from the roots. The next morning, there was a change. And Holy Spirit, we just right now, we want to, Invite your presence. And invite your presence that, Lord, that you would right now just begin to move around our lives. Because we thank you that there is an expectation of a supernatural fruit. You said, Lord, I've appointed you that you would bear much fruit and fruit that remains. Eternal fruit, supernatural fruit. And so Holy Spirit, we thank you. Not just for the natural laws, but for the reality of the supernatural fruit that you expect, that you look for. We thank You You've declared a fruitfulness of our lives. Right now, if you can recognize a season where maybe you don't understand. You say, God, You are with me and but for some reason I hit the wall. For some reason I never saw what I expected to see and maybe that potentially could chew, could consume, it could steal something out of your confidence in God, out of your faith. But here's what I believe. I believe that God wants to fully restore it. And so why don't you just, if you can recognize a season like that, don't let that season continue to live, continue to echo. Place it in a mystery box, but then Say, Lord, I ask that whatever allowed that fruitlessness, that you would curse it in my life, in the spirit realm, and what, any thinking that might have gone on, that I could step into a season of fruitfulness. So, Brinde, Kabela, Harinde, Brindila, Hataya. Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Lord, you said in Joel, I will restore to you what the locusts have eaten. So right now we ask for a restoration. Restoration into lives. There's somebody here and it's like, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego they went through they went through the fire they were put into a fire to be to be killed and when they came out the testimony was there was not even the smell of fire or smoke that was on them or on their clothes and so right now in the name of Jesus we just declare to the season maybe where you weren't receiving the fruit that God had ordained. There was a fruitless season, but in the name of Jesus, we just declare into that season that it wouldn't even have the smell of smoke, that there would be no odor that would continue on because we declare in the name of Jesus that we would curse the root that stole the fruit and we command that thing to die in the name of Jesus. Whatever robbed the fruit, we command it to die. And Lord, we ask for the renewed life and fruit of Jesus. Ribakandiza Zamako ribahaya, zokoto Zumbrandi. malai lakila hazoba rosh tu So brakila. For I will pull from you today, says the Spirit of the Lord. That root that has been continuously sending up new shoots in your life. That which you need to continually cut off, but I will remove it from you. Today. Says just the Spirit of the Lord. Why do you just lift your hands in the presence of the Lord. Lord, we just, we just invite you right now. We invite you right now into that scene, into that season, into that scenario that we identify. Say, Lord, we will not be marked by that. But instead, we just speak and prophesy into that season, that moment. We declare into it that all things will work together for the good of them that love God, are called according to his purpose, and we speak into that season. And declare it is going to cause our next season to be double harvest. Double harvest, double harvest. Sobrinde, Kile, Zamara, Kaila, Zo, Rafre, mao lei masho korinde, Rika, Masoba. Horadi, 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 la <laughs> la 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 mai. If you can sense like God is working in you, that there's like a there's like a shift that God's wanting to do, that there's there's a season that God's actually wanting to bring healing to. If that if if that kind of makes sense, if it doesn't, that's totally cool. But if that makes sense, you feel like. Lord, I know there's something right now that you are, that you're doing in my life around this whole thing. What we want you to do is just, just quickly just slip up to the front here. We're going we're gonna to just we're gonna move away a few seats here, and we're just going to ask the prayer team as well to come, and we're going to say, Lord, we just thank you that you are bringing a fresh new season. Sovrila makila redinde masho mashobarakila hataya zombrinde zakila mashorabrakihai so if that's you, just quickly just slip out from where you are and find a spot down here on the front. And we're just going to get the band to play. And we're going to say, Lord, we just thank you that you are bringing a, uh, like a change, a change to the trees that produce no fruit.